Well, good morning, church family. It's great to see each and every one of you. How many people are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. And a shout out welcome to all of our first-time guests. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests? Let them know how glad we are that they're here. And if that's you, thank you for joining us today on your way out. Drop by an exit table. Friendly people, we got a coffee card for you. And on your behalf, a donation to Chill. Welcome to everyone joining us online, church family, and guests from across our city, our nation, and even the world. Friends, we love the Word, don't we? How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on, are you ready for God's Word? Well, it's looking a lot like Christmas around here. The trees and the Christmas carol at the beginning and the lights outside on the building. And you've got your lights up at home, right? And guys, you've already bought your wife's gift, right, guys? And if you're lost, thank God for Amazon. It'll help you out. And Christmas is coming so quick. So we are beginning today a brand new sermon series that we're calling Rediscover Christmas. We want to take four Sundays to talk about some Christmas themes. We're going to talk about hope and joy and love and peace. Today, we want to camp on the word hope. Everybody say hope. One, two, three, hope. I think all of us would admit that 2020 and 2021 has been unfamiliar, uncomfortable, difficult, pandemic, lots going on, difficult on many fronts for everybody. I read something this week where someone said if 2020 and 2021 was a hula hoop. Anybody remember hula hoops? Remember hula hoops? They said it would be like a piece of barbed wire. Just think about that for a moment. They said if, if 2020 or 2021 was a pinata, I think that's how you pronounce it, they said it would be a wasp nest. That would be a bad day, wouldn't it? It's been a tough year, and sometimes it's hard to cope. It's hard to find hope. And we can feel hopeless and discouraged. But today, we're going to dive into the theme of hope. We're going to learn what hope means. And then we're going to find hope in the pages of God's Word. So I want to share with you some introductory thoughts. And I want to begin with a scripture from Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Solomon said that. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Oh, how true that is. Let me walk you through some thoughts about defining hope. And the first thing, it might feel obvious, but I think we have to get it out of the way. Hope is way more. It's a lot more than just being optimistic. I hope the weather gets nice. I hope the pandemic ends. I hope I get a job. Wishful thinking. It's got to be a lot more than optimism. So let's scrape deeper. Let me take you to number two, and let's walk into the ancient Hebrew word. The ancient Hebrew word in the Old Testament for hope actually, actually means... Get ready for this, to bind together, to twist together. And the analogy is like a rope that is bound and twisted together, bound and twisted, intertwined together. That's what the ancient word for hope means in the Hebrew. Number three, understanding hope to be that. I want to suggest to you today, hope from a biblical standpoint means to wrap your problems with the promises of God. How many people this morning know God's promises are greater than your problems? Amen. Well, that's about five of you this morning. That's not good. How many people know God's promises are greater than any of our problems? Amen? Always. And so you got a choice. You can stay stuck in your problem, or you can wrap the promise of God, which are greater and bigger, around your problems. Number four, this is not me. I love this quote. We could say, hold on to hope when it's hard to cope. You got to hold on to cope. And I started to study the word cope in the Bible, and I saw it pasted in the Old Testament and pasted in the New Testament that hope has to be grounded in the Lord. So that takes me to number five. 
We got to add God's provision. We got to add the person of Jesus to his promises and our problems. Remember in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, a strand of three is not easily broken. So we got our problems, we got his promises, but anybody glad we got Jesus? We got Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Matthew says. And we also know that in Isaiah, those that put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up like on wings of eagles. They will run, not be weary. Walk and not faint. When your hope is grounded in Jesus. Anybody glad for Jesus today? Anybody glad for Jesus? When you put your hope in Jesus. So take your problem, wrap it with the, with the promises, but, but anchor it in Jesus. It's intertwining, it's binding. So let's find hope. Let's go to God's word. Let's go to a Christmas story. And I'm going to start with Romans 15, 4. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and encouragement they provide, we might have a hope. Spend more time in the pages of God's word than the six o'clock news. Don't, don't surf the internet, surf the word of God. Dive, dig in. Hope is found in God's word. So this morning, for a few moments, I want to take you to a Christmas story. It's not on a Christmas card. You won't see Anna and Simeon on a Christmas card, but they're there. And their story is found in Luke chapter 2, 21 to 38. I'm going to read it to you in just a moment. Here's the context. The book of Malachi ends, 400 years, God doesn't speak. It's silent. It's like no word from God. And all the Jewish people were holding on to a prophetic word from Isaiah 64, verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. They were waiting for the promised Messiah. Where is he? For 100 years. When Jesus was born, it was a gloom, doom time of darkness and uncertainty. The people of Israel, the Jewish people, were under the oppression of the Romans. It was dark, discouraging, and difficult. And then comes Jesus. And then you come to a text where Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple in Luke chapter 2, 21 to 38. And we're going to see three Old Testament rituals that were lived out. The first is in verse 21. Look at this. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. They circumcised the child. He's given the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Ancient rite circumcision. And then number two in verse 22, it's the ancient rite of the law of purification. It's in the Old Testament. So after our lady gives birth, she'd wait 40 days, then she'd come to the temple, and it's called the law of purification. Verse 22, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, and they waited the 40 days that were required. And then there's a third right, and we're going to camp on this one. I'm going to come to it at the end of the sermon, and then I'm going to come back to it. First of all, circumcision. Two, purification. Thirdly, the right of redemption. Now, let me read it to you, and then I'll explain it. Verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. Every firstborn male, and they would go to the temple, and they would redeem it. They would buy it back. They would bring an offering of some sort. And the Old Testament said the offering should be a lamb, but if you didn't have money and you're poor, you can bring not a lamb, but a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Look at verse 24. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Why does Matthew point that out? Because Mary and Joseph didn't have moolah. 
They were a young married couple, and here they are. They got Jesus, and you know, they, they, here they got Jesus here, and he's just, he's just baby Jesus, and they got no money, and they can't afford a lamb. But isn't it amazing? They can't afford a lamb, but they're holding on to the Lamb of God. I find that powerful. And they come to the temple, circumcision, purification, and redemption. And when they present the offering, it's like they're, they're bringing the ransom. They're redeeming. They're, they're, they're redeeming the firstborn. And it's very significant. And we'll come back to that. Look at verse 25. We insert Simeon. Now there's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. One, two, three, Simeon. We learned that he was righteous and devout. The guy had a godly life, really righteous before God. He's really committed, he's devout. And he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Your Bible might say the comfort of Israel. Now, if you survey the book of Isaiah over and over again, it says, comfort my people. If you're like the King James, comfort ye my people. And here is Simeon waiting for the comforter, the consolation, waiting for the promised Messiah. I love what it says here. And the Holy Spirit was on him. I love that. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. His problem was that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, 400 years of darkness, and that prophetic word from Isaiah 64 was seldom heard on the lips of people because they were so discouraged. It wasn't on their mind, and they're waiting and they're waiting, but God gave them a promise that you're not going to die until you see the Messiah, the consolation of Israel, because God had revealed it by his spirit, and he's holding on to a promise when he has a problem, I love this. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 27. Moved by the Spirit. One day the Holy Spirit moved him. And he went into the temple courts on the very day that Mary and Joseph are bringing baby Jesus, child Jesus, into the temple for the purification rite and for the law of redemption to be fulfilled. And at that exact moment, Simeon comes in. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, verse 28, Simeon, so excited, he took Jesus in his arms and he started to praise God. And he said, Sovereign Lord, this is verse 29, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. The promise had been fulfilled and now he's ready for heaven, verse 30. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, the child's father and mother, they marveled at what was said about him. Verse 34, then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel. It'll be like a stone, raise them up, cause others to stumble. And secondly, he'll be a sign that will be spoken against. And then in verse 35, he'll be like a sword so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword, Mary, is going to pierce your own soul too. Ladies, can you imagine being at the cross on that Good Friday? And the one that you had given birth to, the Son of God, is crucified. And you're there. It would be like a sword, a stone, a sign, and a sword. And Simeon comes in the right moment, moved by the Spirit. And then we insert Anna. Everybody say Anna. One, two, three. Anna. Look at verse 36. There was a prophet named Anna. 
She's the daughter of Penua of the tribe of Asher, a little bit of context, and she's very old. And she'd lived with her husband seven years after a marriage. Then her husband dies, verse 37. And she was a widow until she was 84. I love what it says about her. She never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. You went to the temple, and is there. You went first thing in the morning, and is there. Late in the day, and is there. And she's not just standing around with her hands in her pocket. She's worshiping, she's praising, she's fasting. Day in, day out, 84-year-old lady never leaves the temple. Amazing. Look at verse 38. Coming up to them, Mary and Joseph and Simeon, at that very moment, <laughs> she saw the commotion. She saw Simeon, and she gave thanks to God. And she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Can everybody say the word redemption? One, two, three. Redemption. Circumcision, purification, and then the law of redemption. What did Anna talk about? The redemption of Jerusalem. I'm going to bring this together, but I want to segue now. I want to take you to the application of this message. And I want to give you three things that I believe if you live out in your spirit and in your life... It's going to get better. Hope is going to fill you. You're going to move from hopelessness to filled with hope. You're going, to, you're going to have such hope. You're going to intertwine your problem with his promises and with Jesus. And life is going to get better. And we're going to segue into a new year with great excitement. And we're not going to look like barbed wire hula hoop or a wasp nest panada. We're going, to, we're going to focus on Jesus because my anchor holds in Jesus. I think we need to push pause and right now give a loud clap offering of praise. Come on. Give a loud clap offering of praise to our God Almighty. Three things. Three things. Number one, keep worshiping. Don't stop. Don't confine worship to one hour on a Sunday morning. I got congregants saying to me, Pastor, I've, I'm going through my chemo, but when I go to the hospital, I, I bring something that I can listen to music to. I put on my headphones, and I listen to worship music, and I keep worshiping God. I've got congregants say, I get up in the morning, I get on the bus, and I'm on my way to work, and I put on my headphones, and I keep on worshiping. Don't stop worship. When you're in the dark and the difficult, keep giving God praise. Don't let your worship depend on your circumstance. Worship through your difficulty. Worship will flood you with hope. Worship can help you press forward. Worship will bring hope into you. Is there a witness in the house today? Worship can bring hope in your life. Just keep worshiping. Keep giving them praise. Don't stop worshiping the Lord. Don't stop. Can I show you verse 28? Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. He takes Jesus in his arms and he worships. Look at verse 37. Anna, she never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God. Keep worshiping. The problem's big. Keep worshiping. The marriage is breaking. Keep worshiping. There's no money in the bank. Keep worshiping. The doctor says disease is in your, in your body. Keep worshiping. Never stop giving him praise. Let praise be in your heart. Let praise come from your mouth. Give him praise 
at all times. Keep worshiping. Number two, keep witnessing. Keep sharing Jesus. Don't let your circumstance shut your mouth and ruin your testimony. Keep witnessing for Jesus. I love what verse 32 says. What did, what did Simeon say about Jesus? He's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He knew that Jesus wasn't just for the Jewish people, the Israelites. He knew Jesus was also for the Gentiles. He knew that he was a light and a revelation, a revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to the people of Israel. He kept on witnessing. Look at verse 38, Anna. She couldn't keep quiet. She's 84 years old. And she spoke about the child to all. Everybody say all. All who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It's this time of year that my mind goes back, and I went back 33 years. Because coming up in a week's time, 33 years ago, our firstborn, our son was born. And I'll never forget it. I'm a guy that lives his life by his calendar. And I said, okay, Evelyn, when's, when's the baby? Wrote the baby. The baby shall be born on December 21st. It's in my calendar. Don't book any appointments. And then it's like December the 11th and the 12th and 13th. And we're in the midst of this huge outreach called Bethlehem Live. I, I organized it. We're in our first church. Got the sheep. Got the, the donkey. The donkey got the flu. Had to find another donkey. Got the sheep. It was, I could tell you story after story. We had a snowstorm. And we're ready to do the next presentation. And Evelyn says, my water just broke. Baby's going to be born. But, but honey, calendar says next week. Not today. But how many people know that's sometimes the way it goes? I share that because we were just so wanting to reach people for Jesus. We were young ministers. Every Tuesday, we would go into the high school and We'd sit in a classroom and invite anyone who wanted to have lunch with us to come. And young people in our youth group would bring their friends. And before long, those friends would be coming to our youth group. Before long, they're giving their heart to Jesus. God was doing some cool things. I want to share with you two specific stories. And, and I, I wish this could happen today, but, and it needs to get back to it. But in those days, clergy in the town we were in, the Board of Education, let ministers go into the school to teach religion every Friday. Nine o'clock, I had a grade eight class for 45 minutes to say whatever I wanted to them. And the teacher would walk out of the room and say, they're yours, Mark, for 45 minutes. Talk religion. Oh, I can do that. I'll never forget the day I felt like I was simming and the Holy Spirit came on me and I was moved. And I shared the gospel, and I was giving an invitation for salvation in a grade eight class because God was just leading me to do it. And a kid in the front row lifted up his hand like this, and he's shaking his head like this. And I'm going, uh-oh. And I said, y y y yes. And he stood to his feet, and he said, my name is, and my dad is in the Board of Education of the Huron County, and this is his title, and what you just did is wrong. And then the devil started speaking in my ear, you ruined it for every minister. This is the end. Then all of a sudden, everyone in the class said, would you be quiet? We want to listen to what this guy at the front has to say. And I got to share the gospel freely with 30 students in a grade eight class and give them an opportunity.
Holy Spirit was moving me, convicted me about the prison or the detention center down outside of our town for young offenders. It was the Blue Water Detention Center, and I started going there Tuesday evenings in the high school at lunchtime and in the school on Friday to teach religion. And then Tuesday nights, I'm in the prison at the detention center, and I'm meeting these students and I'm meeting these, these kids that have messed up in their teens. They're young offenders, and, and over time, the trust level got so good that they would bring some of those young offenders to our youth group on a Wednesday night. Can you imagine that? And in those days, when the youth pastor was on holidays, they combined the youth and the young adult and the adult Bible study, and we just bring them together. Youth pastors away, we bring them together. So it's a Wednesday night, it's a hot summer day, I'm on holidays, youth are with the adults. This is important. There's four correctional officers in that service from our church who didn't see this coming. And Mika, I've been reaching out to Miki, came from the far north, and I've been bringing him to our youth group. And that day he got dropped off, brought in, sat down, and in the middle of the worship, he snuck out. And he went into the parking lot, and he checked every car door, and he found a car door open, and he found the keys in the visor, and he stole the car, and he went for a joyride, and the police got him 30 miles down the road. And I come back from holidays, and my pastor told me what happened. I thought, oh, man, Mika, I'll never be able to bring people to the youth group. You've ruined it. This church won't be able to handle it. Why would you do that? And I called up the lady in our church whose car was stolen. She got it back. It was fine. And I said to her by name, I said, I'm so sorry for what happened. My bad. I, I should have had someone watching Mika. I messed up. I'm learning. Please forgive me. She said, Pastor, it's okay. My car's fine. We got it back. Mika needs to hear about Jesus. And over time, Mika earned the right to come back to our youth group, gave his heart to Jesus, and I baptized him in water in a Sunday evening service. I say all this to say to you, don't stop sharing Jesus. Keep on sharing Jesus. Keep on witnessing. Keep on sharing hope. And I want to segue for a moment before I leave you with the last point. But you, on the table on the way out, there's, there's all these pile of invites. I'll tell you right now, Ottawa is discouraged. People you work with are discouraged. But we got hope in Jesus. Come on, we got hope in Jesus. And this year, we're going to have five Christmas Eve services, COVID-friendly, making room, two on the 23rd, three on the 24th. Register, but don't come alone. Invite people, take the invite, spread the word. You heard in the announcement clip about the Christmas hampers. We want to bless 100 homes, and we need more drivers. Sign up. I guess I say to you today, in the midst of difficult, dark days, Let's give Ottawa and this region hope in Jesus. I'm praying that this place will be filled COVID-friendly on Christmas Eve and the night before, and I'm believing for hundreds of salvations. I just pray that the Spirit of the living God would come upon each one of us, that in the midst of challenges, we would keep on worshiping and we would keep on witnessing. But I want to leave you with one more point. Keep, keep, keep waiting. Keep waiting on the Lord. Keep holding on to the Lord. 
I want to leave you with this Simeon. What did he do? He was waiting for rest. He was waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel. God gave him a promise that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. Verse 25, there's a man in Jerusalem, Simeon. He's righteous, he's devout, and he's waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him, and he saw the consolation of Israel. Good news, Jesus is not a baby. Good news, Jesus is not in a grave. Good news, the consolation, the comfort of Israel is alive today. And Jesus would say to the house, if you're weary and heavy laden, come to him and he will give you rest. If you're discouraged, he will give you hope. If you're feeling down, he will lift your spirits to intertwine your problems with the promises of God and the person of Jesus. He's your comfort at all times. Is there a witness in the house today? Come on, he's your comfort. Lastly, and I bring it back to where we started, Anna was waiting for redemption. Remember Mary and Joseph? Circumcision, eighth day. The law of purification on the 40th day. And then the right of redemption to bring your firstborn son to the temple and bring a lamb to, to purchase or ransom him back. But because they're poor, they didn't have, they couldn't afford a lamb, but they, they two doves or two pigeons, and they came and they ransomed him back, but they're holding on to the lamb of God. And Anna, Anna comes up at that exact moment. Look at verse 38. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and she spoke about the child to all who were looking for That's what hope means, looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Because, because Mary and Joseph were fulfilling the ancient redemption right, but Jesus was our ransom for our sins. We were enslaved in the bondage of sin. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. And you and I owe a debt that we could never pay. But he went to a cross for you and for me, and he shed his blood. And they put him in a grave, but death couldn't hold him down so we can raise a hallelujah because my redeemer lives i said my come on Woodville. my redeemer my redeemer lives in just a moment we are going to celebrate communion but i'm going to ask that every head would be bowed and everyone's eyes would be closed as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're, sta- you're sitting here today. My question to you on site and online is if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you're ready for heaven? Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you made your peace with God through Jesus Christ? Anna was waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Jesus is our redeemer. Have you received him in your life? You're sitting here today or you're watching online and you can't answer that question with a definite yes. I'm going to lead you in this prayer and we're going to join you as you pray, as you invite Jesus to be the center of your life. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, let's pray that again. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. 
I've decided to follow you and make my peace with you. Today, I declare you as my Savior and my Lord. I pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you all put your hands together and celebrate salvations today? Come on. If you invited Jesus into your life today, you made the best decision of your life. If you don't attend a life-giving Bible-believing church, we'd be honored if you'd join us in the journey. You're on site in a couple of moments after communion on your way out. We got a Bible for you. It's free. Just go to an exit table. We want to give you a Bible. We have a little booklet called Follow. We want to give to you. We have a class called Follow. They'll tell you about it. Consider getting baptized in water. It's the next step. We baptized in water last Sunday night at our prayer night. We baptized in water this morning, 9 o'clock, again in our 1030 service. We're going to keep on baptizing first Sunday of each month. And if you're still checking out Christianity, check out Alpha. It's for you. But I want you all in this place to stand right now. And as Pastor Brad leads us in a song of remembrance, we're going to prepare our hearts for communion. But let's just put our attention on our Redeemer. Anybody glad that our Redeemer is alive? Amen. Come on, anybody glad that our Redeemer is alive? Let's remember him today. I take the bread of life Broken for all my to make me whole again I will recall the cup poured out in sacrifice to trade the sinners and for your new
get the little cup that you received when you came in and just peel back the first layer and pull out the little wafer and we're going to take some moments this morning to celebrate communion we're going to remember that our redeemer jesus went to the cross for our sins may we never forget what he's done for you and for me and for all mankind so i want you to hold that wafer up and let it be a reminder that this represents the body of jesus and as the scripture says, let's do this in remembrance of him. Let's partake of the wafer that represents the body of Jesus. Let's peel back the next layer. In this cup, it's the juice. And it represents his blood. And blood represents life. Jesus, our Redeemer, gave his life for you and for me. May we never forget. Let's partake of the cup of juice that represents his blood. You can put that cup down. Can we right now give one loud clap offering of praise to our Redeemer? Jesus. I love this song. I love this song because I love that line. You've been so, 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 so good to me. How many people know God's been good to us at all times? I'll tell you why He's good. We don't have to walk hopeless. We can cope because we've got hope. And it's not grounded in the 6 o'clock news. It's grounded in our Redeemer, Jesus. He's the consolation of Israel. He's the Redeemer of His people. He is so, so, so good. So feel free to lift your hands. And just for a few moments before we close in prayer, let's focus on the goodness of our God. He is so good.
just a couple of moments, I'm going to lead us in prayer. But I want to thank you for coming today. I want to thank you for being a part of this church. Evelyn, I love you so much. We are so excited about Christmas. We believe God's going to do something great in these Christmas Eve services. We are grateful that we can be part of blessing 100 families with these Christmas hampers. And thank you for being a church of generosity. If you'd like personal prayer today at the end of the service, feel free to come to the front. And there's a team of people that will come and COVID-friendly pray for you. If you've come prepared on-site to worship and giving debit machines in the lobby, offering buckets in the back. And again, our guests drop by a guest table. If you accepted Jesus, drop by a guest table. We want to give you a Bible. We want to thank you for coming. But in these final moments, I just want to encourage you, take your problem to Jesus. Amen. If you're weary and you're heavy laden, come to Jesus. Wrap Jesus around your problem and I just believe that the promise and the person of Jesus is greater than any problem that we are facing and we can look to him we can keep worshiping through it God is writing a story and he is not done amen my hope is in the Lord amen come on how many people my hope is in the Lord my hope is in the Lord so we can lift up our heads with joy because our hope is in Jesus. All across this place, let's lift our hands to the heavens. Father God, I thank you for this amazing church. God, people in the risers, in the balcony, in the main level, in an overflow room, people watching online. There's so many challenges that we're facing, but we are not hopeless. Our hope is in you. And I pray, God, that you would heal sick bodies this morning. I pray that you would set captives free in the name of the Lord. I pray that you would cast mountains into sea. I pray breakthrough and finance. I pray anxiety and fear and worry would break in the name of Jesus. I pray marriages would be restored. I pray prodigal sons and daughters would come home. I pray, God, that you would lift this pandemic in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that 2022 would be the best year that we've ever experienced in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that this would be victory in you. Our hope is in you. And Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus. Jesus name nobody whispered everybody shouted amen come on give another clap offering of praise to our Lord God well God bless each and every one of you thank you so much for joining today may God give you a great day and an amazing week God bless you